0: Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Jack Savaretti. Um, Jack, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you and uh, whereabouts are you joining us from?
1: I'm great, thank you buddy, thanks for having me I'm joining you from home, I'm in Oxfordshire you might hear some noises because I'm here with my sort of four dogs no. <laughs> so if anybody <laughs> walks past or anything they might it <laughs> triggers them to make some noise, so I, I would like to apologise <laughs> in no. advance, no worries at all um, now um,
0: it's been uh, a few months now since it was released, but congratulations on uh, hitting thanks. number one with uh, Europeana thanks. it was your second number one album Uh how has life been for you since the album was released? It's uh it's it's kind of really you know caught fire that album. It seems to have really um you know been been incredibly yes. well
1: received. Thank you, man. Well, it's been I mean, first of all it was nuts when it went to number 1. I didn't ever sort of see that coming. Um and also it's just been such a strange time because it's really it's had nothing to do with how things have worked in the past. There's been such a, and and, and I'm kind of, and I'm, by the way, I'm not complaining about that. There's a lot to be, there's a lot of positives to be taken by this kind of shift, this huge tectonic plates, this like the way we've all, this earthquake that hit the music industry because we were sort of stuck in this kind of groundhog routine of, you know, write an album, release an album. No, so it was always write an album, promote an album, <laughs> release an album, tour an album. And it was that cycle like over and over again. And, um, and you kind of have to end, you end up becoming quite reactionary to if the album does okay and all this kind of stuff. And I never really liked that. I come from a place where, you know, I did this for so long independently. So many years I made albums kind of on our own, off our own back. And we did that very differently. We always just kind of toured and toured and toured and played and played. And when we felt like we had a bunch of songs that people liked, we would put them out um so for this to sort of happen during the last two years it was quite refreshing in the sense that i mean it was scary because we put out an album and it does feel like you're sort of throwing a pebble into the ocean mm. because there's not really much that you can do um we weren't able to go out and tour it we weren't able to go out and present it and play it to people which is essentially the best part of our job and yeah. um, so that was kind of taken from us uh don't get me wrong making records is amazing but we make records so that we can go and play them to people that's that's sort of what, we, what, what I love to do, at least. Mm. Um, so it's been strange. I mean, there's a part of me that is so grateful and, and you know, mainly to our fans, then more than the music industry, the fans who really stuck by us during this time where we couldn't go out and play to them and bring our music to them. They stuck by us and, and made our, you know, took our album to the top of the charts. Um, but at the same time, it's been really frustrating because I would have loved to have been able to go and, you know, be face to face singing with all of our fans and friends
0: sooner yeah of course i mean i remember um i think we actually last spoke uh shortly before the album was released um and i remember you talking about how you kind of went through this process when you started writing for this record of almost going down that route of, of recording something that was almost quite reflective of the times you know something that was a bit more introspective a little bit darker perhaps and then having a change of heart and going no that's not that's not the way to go with this. I, I want yeah. something that's almost a reaction against what's happening at the moment, and something that's a really bright, warm, vibrant sounding record that, that offers a, a, almost a, a sense of escape from from the, the kind of dark times that we've all been living through. Um, I was I was wondering if you think you know aside from the the quality of the record and the quality of the songs on the album, that's that's been one of the kind of key components in the success of the record that it has been a. Offered something of an of an escape and something that's in a little bit of contrast to all the doom and gloom that we've been hearing about. It's actually it it does. I I think you you described it as wanting to sound like you're you, you've you've been able to go on holiday. Literally, like the sound of being away somewhere. That kind of break in the year where you can actually have a good time and forget about whatever else is going on in the world. Do you think that that's one of the reasons why this has perhaps resonated so so much with with
1: a lot of your fans? Yeah, 100%. And people that weren't our fans, you know, mm. I think that's why it's been useful to people that don't even like Jack Sever, don't even like me. But I think they've, they've, there's definitely been a sense of, well, I don't, really, I might not like this guy, but this song gives, does give me a sense of escapism that I could really do with right now. Mm. And I, I think that's what's been really nice. We've, we've made new friends because of that. Um, and every song we kind of released as singles was quite deliberately a different form of escapism mm. from the exuberantly romantic to the sort of, uh, guilty pleasure of going out in a mm. city you don't know, or something like that. So there were quite there was there was there was a real reason with why I was releasing these kind of snippets from the album because I wanted to give these send these postcards, if you will, mm. from this trip that we were taking people on, and um, and giving all sorts of different angles of it. But I, I do think that has a lot to do with it, and I think I learned that in my album, my previous album as well, Singing to Strangers, that there's a lot to be said. You know, why somebody makes a record is more important than how they make it. Yeah. <laughs> and I find so often I talk about how we've made a record, but I really like to talk about why we made it. And that was the purpose of my last record, and it was the purpose of this record. It was to. This one was much more poignant because it really was escapism in a time where we really craved it. My other one was, was different before that, but this was a real time of like, you know, I wanted to create. The soundtrack to the best holiday that we couldn't go on. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and 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 when I started tr- coming up with that, I really—that's when I discovered the whole Europeana concept. Like the, the, when I started the album, Europeana was not really the the idea. I mean, the, the, the album had so many different names before that. Um, but then I realized that I had sort of this come across—not discovered a genre. It's always been there, but I realized there is this thread that links a lot of European music, whether it goes from Julio Iglesias to Daft Punk there is a thread connecting a lot of European music. And I just kind of realized while I was making this album, that's what I was using as my inspiration. And I wanted to celebrate that. So hence the album being called Europeana.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting. And of course, for the people listening to the record, it has, it very much has that feeling. It feels like a, it feels like a holiday record. It feels like a a soundtrack to a holiday. Um, How much of a, You know how how much escapism, if you like, did it also offer to you and your band while you were writing it? Yes, it's great, and you know we've discussed about how it might feel for the listener, but how did it feel for you? How important was it for you to to make a record in such a way and to to kind of set that tone within within yourself and within your you know the 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 band and and the musicians you were working with.
1: It was a lifesaver, to be honest, man. I mean, for me, initially, it was a lifesaver because, you know, like you said before, I did sit down at the piano and grab the guitar and I wrote songs about isolation and fear and anxiety and all that. And that was not helping. (laughs) Usually that helps, but it wasn't. And I think the funny thing was, the irony was, I've spent all my life talking about getting home in songs. I've talked about that a lot because I've always been moving. And funnily enough, this is the first time in my life I was properly locked down, (laughs) literally, that I started writing about traveling. I did the opposite. <laughs> I started writing about going out and going to see stuff and and just and and like you said, looking for that escapism in the song, in the music. And it did give that to us. It allowed me to really go on holiday musically while I was at home and dive into old records from, you know, Georgia Maroda to, to Daft Punk to Phoenix to Gypsy Kings and Julio Glazes, Sarge Gansberg, Patti Bravos, like really my, I mean, if you walked into my living room during lockdown, it was a real roller coaster of sort of <laughs> European music. Mm. And, um, and it was great because I was doing that primarily to really give my kids this kind of sense of holiday, this sense of departure from, you know, get out of the bubble of their existence, of their house, of their culture, and really try and show them something else. And we did it with a lot of other music, not just European music, but it was in the European music that I was playing that I really found so much of myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this stuff has influenced me so much. Why have I never acknowledged that before? Yeah. Why have I never realized that all of those holidays from when I was born to when I was a teenager with my parents, that stuff's really stuck stuck to me. Like, I, I, I do that. Like, I'd i be listening to a certain type of song. And I was like, wait, that's what I tried to do in songs. This is where I must have got it from. This is mm-hmm. where it must have, you know, left a mark on me. So, yeah, it was, very, it was very good for me. And when the band were finally able to get together and write and record – it felt like we were on holiday, even though there was some parts where it was kind of locked down, but we were allowed to be together for work. Mm. But we were still treating it like as if we were on a holiday or in the south of France or in the Amalfi Coast. And we were really living it, the way we dressed, the way we ate. Um, and we were trying to sort of just live out this fantasy of this Europeana world where the music is great and the sun's always shining. Yeah, amazing. I mean...
0: Next month on uh, February the 1st, you'll be performing a set as part of the uh, Radio 2 Piano yeah. Room sessions. Um, how much are you looking forward to that? And, and what, can you te- what can you tell us about what we might be able to expect from from that session? Because presumably, you know, the songs are going to, or at least the songs that you perhaps perform from Europeana may take on a slightly different life and a, and a slightly, slightly different sound. Uh, yeah, what, what, what can we expect from that session?
1: Well, I mean, I'm so excited for this session because it's where I really want to go with music moving forward. Uh, it might be an age thing, but I really love the, the sort of the big orchestra. I, I love the human element. There's, so, there's such a lack of human element in so much music today. Uh, great music, but it really lacks that human touch that I'm such a big fan of when it comes to not only listening to music, but watching music being made. And also knowing the sentiment behind it. Know, like There's something about knowing that when you listen to an orchestra without thinking of each individual musician, knowing that this group of strangers or have just created this together really gets me, I don't know, it makes me emotional more than if I know that one person figured it all out on a computer in their bedroom. I don't know, it just gets me a little bit more excited. So to have this honor and this pleasure to play with such an amazing orchestra, to be able to revisit, it was really nice because the the radio BBC2 asked me to sort of, they it, it actually surprised me with what th- they asked me to do from an old song. They really wanted us to go back to the beginning because, you know, Radio 2 has been supporting me since I've started and that's, this is my seventh album. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to go back to the first album and look for something from there. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that. It's been a long time since I've sung anything from that album. So that'll be, that'll be a very emotional time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a really fun cover that I just wanted to, Give people a little, you know, a little sense of, come on, let's let's just do this, like a real pick me up, and then we're going to play my last song, which was designed to be played like this, um, which was a song that I wrote uh, with my musical director Shannon Harris, "The Way You Said Goodbye," and it's this song that is truly babe in its, it it indulges in its romance, it indulges in its elegance, it really is that, and I wanted to sort of take it to the max with with this opportunities so i can't wait to hear what what we do with it amazing um and you know you, you talk
0: about how this is you know perhaps where you'd like to kind of go a little bit more with your future music and how you would yeah. tend to write you know whether it be alone with a piano or a a, a a guitar or something like that how much did or has the making of Europeana kind of Changed or perhaps altered your approach to to making music? Did did writing music in that way, you know, kind of creating a an atmosphere and a setting and almost creating a a little bit of a concept, you know,
1: a, around the record? Yeah, did it's a hundred percent. It's a concept album. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I always say that. I love that, and I'm lucky enough never to have been successful enough not to be allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the sense that I've never really, I've never had a hit single, so people aren't expecting anything from me, which is. I mean, my accountant doesn't agree, but it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a blessing in disguise because it allows me to retain this freedom of like, what's he going to do next? Who cares? Like, it's not, it doesn't matter to us. If it, As long as it's somewhat successful, everybody's happy. As long as, you know, it's not absolutely dreadful, then I kind of get away with it. And um, so it's exciting to know where we can go next. I'm definitely not tied down to a particular sound. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely like to... I've kept doing that in the last few albums. I think if you listen to the last three albums, they're not. There's a link. There's definitely a link, which I imagine is myself, and you know I, I can't escape that. But but they are always trying to sort of go a different direction. I'm not trying to repeat itself. I did that once in my career where an album did well, um, and I felt like the album afterwards was kind of like uh, a sequel to it, yeah. and it was great, and I love that album. But I, I it wasn't intentional, and that bothered me. It was more of a reaction to the success of it, I reacted and I did the same thing kind of again. Mm -hmm. Now, had I intentionally said, I'm going to do these two albums back, to, then I would have been great. I would have been excited. But I didn't like the fact that I had reacted that way. I I, I made me not trust the stuff that I was doing and not trust the songs. And still now, when I listen to them, I'm like, "Mm, why did I put that there? Why did I make it sound like that? Was I just kind of following my own, chasing my own tail? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, as long as I'm just kind of in control of the dynamics and what I'm doing with it, then, then it's exciting. Then I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and that must be something that you know, having having made seven albums, presumably you you become more adept at spotting those possibly bad habits you can go down. Like you said, of almost yeah, second guessing saying. either what what you you think you want or that you think audiences might want. It, yeah, presumably with that experience, you you actually learn how to kind of not not get tempted down a certain path if you don't think it's the right way to go.
1: Yeah, you start to realize that there is a difference between what you want, what the audience want, and what your label want, <laughs> and what your management <laughs> wants. But if you're, not, if you're not sure about what you want, it all muddles up into one, and you kind of don't know why you're doing it. You're like, wait, am I doing this for the audience? Am I doing it for my manager? Am I doing it for my ANR? Am I doing it for me? And that's a tor- horrible feeling, not knowing why you're doing it. Um, I mean… In any part of life, that's a horrible feeling, not knowing why you're doing it. But in music, it really feels like a bit of an oxymoron. You're like, well, what's the point? I might as well mm. just go do something else if I'm going to be told what to do. You know, like the beauty thing. The beauty, the beauty of music is finding finding yourself in it, getting lost in it to the point where, by truly getting lost, you truly understand who you are and, and why you're there. Mm. So I think that's that's something I definitely always now value a lot more than when I was younger. But that, and, like you said, that value comes only from experience. Mm. Now I can really I can smell it when i 'm like, yeah that's not my that that 's not something I want to do. Why am I doing this? I can retreat from it quite quickly, mm. um, but that takes time and experience to find the confidence and to know yourself enough to be able to walk away saying, yeah no i don 't want to do it like that. This is yeah. how I want to do it
0: who who for you is some of your your kind of I have the biggest influences or, or favourite artists and songwriters in that regard. You know, performers and artists that have perhaps been around for, for a good while, but have never, you know, never played it safe, that have always tried to, you know, follow follow their own artistic vision. And I don't know perhaps confounded fans or audiences or critics, whatever it may be, but artists that have really inspired you to kind of, yeah, stay true, I guess, to your own vision and and, and, and see that through and not kind of bow or bend to to certain pressures, whether it be from audiences or record labels or management?
1: Well, I mean, there's two types. There's kind of like the Jackson Browns of the world, the Jack Johnsons of the world that if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just, and they, and they, and they and that's theirs. You can feel like it's genuinely theirs. This is who I am. That's what I do. That's if it, it works, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm. And then there are the sort of only the brave kind of characters like Paul Simon, who, you know, every album will be a different theme. Um, and, you know, to the point where he walked away from the most successful act, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, and then went solo, and it didn't work like everybody thinks. It didn't happen to work immediately. So then you get those kind of guys, or the Neil Youngs, who experiment, you know, on different albums and are a bit bold. I I definitely... had I I don't know. Had I found that sort of real sound early on on my first album, had I had a Jack Johnson-style career where, you know, his first album, just word of mouth went massive maybe I too would have sat on my like oh great well that's, that's obviously who I am people like it let's get really good at that yeah. and, but I didn't have that so I've never probably got good enough at any particular style but I've definitely always kept a curiosity I've always um, and I think it's fueled me and I think if anything it's, it's been of interest to people who listen to us where are we going to go next um, so that's kind of been the dynamic of what we do musically curiosity yeah I mean, with the
0: uh, piano room sessions this year, there's a there's a really kind of diverse mix of artists, uh, kind of current, yeah. contemporary, uh, some of them slightly older that are, that are taking that, that are participating in the sessions. Are there any that you're particularly excited about, or that you're you're really looking forward to hearing or seeing?
1: I think Natalie Imbruglia is going to be great. Um, I saw she's doing it. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, and then I'm trying to think who else. Uh, is it Kelly Jones doing it as well? Yes, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Mm. That'll be sick. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't have the list in front of me of people who are actually doing it right <laughs> oh, now. No. Uh, but I, I uh, think but I'm sure it's, it's going to be an awesome lineup. I did see yeah. somebody else. Who else did I see that I really thought was going to be amazing at it? Is Imelda May doing it? Don't know if That's a good question, thing. actually. I, I don't have the list. <laughs> in front <of> me <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the list in front of me, yeah. but but yeah, they're all going to be amazing. Okay.
0: Cool. Um I also just just on the subject of radio, wanted to
1: ask how, how
0: important you think the role of radio is in in music discovery and the, the role that it plays for artists in terms of getting their music out there, you know, to in today's streaming age, if you will. It, you know, I think in certain quarters it can feel like streaming platforms whichever one you may wish to use are the kind of the place to go for music discovery whether it's through playlists or uh, you know discover functions or recommendations whatever but how important do you think radio still is in today's sort of musical landscape for for artists getting their music out to new people and for and for audiences themselves to actually discover new artists
1: I think it's enormously important. I mean, I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for radio. So I've definitely come from the radio. I'm probably one of the the last of the radio sort of musicians. I was pre-streaming. Sort of streaming started when I was starting out. I was a MySpace baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I sort of came (laughs) from. So, Um, but not to say people from my that started with me haven't completely smashed the streaming game as well. I just probably didn't really focus on any of them really enough Mm -hmm. i kind of was focusing more on touring i was a real touring musician until recently until COVID. Uh, that was kind of our our jam was we just toured a lot Uh, and that's how i built stuff but um I don't know. I think, you know, all of these new mediums, they're all amazing and fascinating. And we just don't know is kind of the the, the answer. We just don't know the relevance of radio in the future. Mm. Um, I think there's space for it. I think there's always going to be a place for it because of its, um, it's incredible. First of all, a century of experience is not to be laughed at. Mm. Um, But also it's part of culture when it comes to sort of just keeping company and 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 introducing people to stuff, not necessarily educating but just through through a sort of friendship and a company you do you do you know get really attached to your local morning radio show or your drive home at night radio d j and people do really sort of become very attached to that now that's still very a big part of culture, and I think of all ages you really get that on all different radio stations. Um, how long that will last I don't know and I'm really excited to see where radio is going to go I think it's definitely going to have a huge change it, it's definitely going to have a, it's going to need to have a huge shake up to keep up with to not sort of you know become extinct yeah. it's going to really need to shake things up um, and it's it should be working more probably with streaming services um, and I think they should be doing more content sharing together which I, I don't really understand why they don't do already mm. I find that's quite it doesn't really benefit to to pretend it's not happening doesn't benefit. No. Do you know what I mean it, you have to accept that this, the this is here and it is to stay. So there should be more collaboration between radio and streaming services. And if you see the sort of younger run radio stations have caught on to that already, mm. uh, and they are doing huge collaborations with you know the five big streaming services. So I hope that all radio stations uh, jump onto that a bit more because that would help musicians. If if radio stations were pushing people. That they're that they're promoting onto streaming services as well. It would help artists that maybe don't really aren't very good at using streaming services to get noticed there. I mean, it's kind of this kind of double-edged sword. I I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see where where the world of radio does go. Absolutely.
0: And um, lastly, what can you tell us about what you have planned for the rest of this year? Of course, there's the piano sessions, uh, piano room sessions. Uh, do you have any live dates uh, outside of that coming up? Is there anything? I know that yeah, we're, we're <laughs>
1: touring the UK. We're coming. We're coming to the UK. To knock on word, fingers crossed. Um, and so hopefully April, May, we are going to be touring the UK. And I can't wait. We're doing a lot of dates. I think we're going to be traveling the country about three weeks, finishing up in London at the House of Apollo, one of my favorites. So that's going to be a very emotional tour. Um, so yeah, if anybody's in the UK, come on down. I mean, we can't wait to get back out and, and doing what we do so it's going to be scary it's going to be intimidating because it's been two and a half years man which is crazy I've never gone this amount of time without playing yeah. in front of people yeah we did a few festivals last summer but it's different when it's your show mm-hmm. uh, so I really look forward to to being back out there and I'm to really- seeing if we can still do it or not <laughs> <laughs> amazing well um,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Jack thank, too, you thank you for joining us and um, yeah we wish you all the best with the tour thank you
1: cheers thank you